picking the name it w that was gonna be it but then I was like that's too much so it, we just kept it simple with everything at once you everything know? at once absolutely everything at once and that's what we're trying to do everything at once yeah. all of us <laughs> we're bringing in everybody well, that's the human condition right we're all trying to do everything at once everything at once dude I'm trying to juggle music and life and recovery and my mom and like dealing that's with that's a tough situation right there yeah 100% <laughs> like <laughs> I totally get that dude there's so much going on and I think Part of recovery is learning how to, to to do all that stuff and not just seek the in, like. There's a big time element that I feel like I had to learn and is standing out more prominently in my recovery. Like you mean not like time management? Like time, like understanding that things take time and that I'm not going to get everything at once. Right. The way I <laughs> okay. wanted to. The way I wanted to. And uh, you know, it's like. Um, it's kind of weird for me in my situation because I'm so early in recovery and I'm, I'm getting things. You're a fucking rock star, dude. I'm, dude, I'm, it's yeah. like, uh, dude, it's it's nuts because like right now in my recovery, I'm early in my recovery, but I I've I have some clean time. Mm -hmm. So, in in starting up with Narcotics Anonymous and working with a sponsor and becoming involved in that. Um, kind of both lifestyle and the groups and right. and and taking on commitments and stuff like that. That's going really well, and it's just bleeding into every other part of my life. That's the that's the magic of the whole twelve step situation is that it kind it just prepares you for so many other things that you don't really expect it to. Why didn't I think of this before? Right. I mean, like it's been here the whole time. It's always been there. <laughs> it was a big secret though for a while. It took a while to discover. You have to end up there, usually not by accident. You just kind of find your way in there. And and then as long as you utilize the stuff that's there, you know, life ends up uh, getting a lot better for most people. Well, at the, uh, there's a saying in Narcotics Anonymous. It's, it's like, um, at the end of the road, um, we all face the same dilemma. What, what is, is there, there left to do? <laughs> Tell us. And, like, the whole idea is that, well, we come to NA in a place of desperation, in a place of surrender. You know, and, and in truly surrendering to a program of, of complete abstinence from all drugs and alcohol and moving forward in your recovery and using the spiritual principles of the program to help guide your lifestyle, you're just being a good person and not being a dick. Right. And, like, I could have not been a dick this whole time. Right. It's, it's, it's a tough <laughs> thing, though, dude. We got environment. We got all these different things coming at us. Yeah. And a lot of times that becomes a big, huge uh, defense, you know, being a dick. You know, it's how we protect <laughs> ourselves. 100%. People are afraid of getting hurt, so I'm gonna hurt you first. <sighs> Tell me about it. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's like that. Uh, like that was kind of the, one of the guiding forces of a lot of my relationships. I don't know, man. I don't want to get too deep into that because that's a whole nother whole nother episode. That's a whole nother episode. Right? Relationships. It's tough, dude. Yeah. And we've all had uh, plenty of super healthy relationships in this room. I, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but it's been an experience learning how to have that and how to have a mutual respect and not like a mutual 
assured destruction. I totally get that. Well, in two, it's never so. <laughs> I, the the level that I I understand myself right now, um, I think that I could be ready for a relationship moving forward in my recovery. But who's got the time? Especially like, honestly, when you're a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not a rock star. The yet. ladies are gonna come though. Oh yeah, I'm 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 ready. <laughs> yeah, my man. I'm not uh, I'm I'm not I'm not shy. I can say that. Good, good, because uh, they're gonna come. They're gonna hear this new song. Me and Dave actually got like a super sneak preview. Listen to it. We're we're like almost as famous as Matt now because we got to hear his song early. <laughs> but it's fucking incredible, and I think people are gonna love it. Yeah, uh, so it's for people listening, it's called The Wonder Years. Um, it's the, the album concept is, um, you know, the, the trials and tribulations we go on, we'll go through in our, in our lives. Um, you know, you look back fondly with nostalgia on a lot of stuff, and you tend not to remember a lot of the, the trauma that happened Absolutely. until later on in your life. And then you think back to the Wonder Years, and you're like, oh, that actually taught me something. I'm 32 years old, and I learned something from when I made a mistake when I was 21. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the whole idea behind the, the album. The, the, the reason that I chose to, um, to release the single first is because this song has been sitting... I mean, I've been, play, I've been playing this song live for seven or eight years nice and it's really it's really evolved as i've played it live and with bands and mm -hmm. stuff like that so and you recorded this with our boy brian right brian glosky yeah, big shout out on the buddy show. and it sounds fucking great you guys did such an awesome job uh, it's it's so cool so i got mike hibbler um who plays in a couple different bands around town as well he plays with uh l taylor he plays with optimistic apocalypse mckenzie right um and then he plays around in like different jazz stuff with steve trahosky um the band version of, of the song in like the Matthew Craze trio is going to be Michael Hibbler and Steve Drahoski, mm -hmm. um, with uh, Brent Knight subbing in for Steve when he can't. Brent Knight plays with Optimistic Apocalypse. I think they're dating. I think mm -hmm. that's that's what it is. Okay, that's um, good. But uh, he's he's a really good bassist, and I'm bringing him on to have have both of them kind of like inter when when one can't do it, the other will do it. Matthew Craze trio, let's go. Hell yeah. yeah. Nice. It's amazing. I'm really glad that you guys like the song. Yeah, I think that uh, I heard you guys talking a little bit about it when I when I came in the door, and yeah. uh, I personally got a little bit of like a Michael Stipe, REM. Okay. Uh, but it, at least from like, a little bit from, <laughs> from from the instrumentals, but from from your vocals as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. That's just like the first thing that popped in my head was REM. See, that's always interesting comparing myself to other artists because, like, to me. Excuse me. My um, my inspirations in in music and guitar playing come a lot from like like John Mayer or like Gary Clark Jr. Like these big blues guys. So you hear a song like the one, The Wonder Years. Mm -hmm. It's not a blues song. You know no, what I mean? But no, a lot no. of the but a lot Definitely a lot not. of the but a lot of the um, the transitions and the chord structure ha comes from blues and jazz. You know my 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 roots in learning those those chord inversions and stuff like that. So like it's it's really cool. It's cool to hear me compared to other artists. I don't know, man. I hope it I hope it hits. I hope a lot of people hear it. Who do you think you sound like? I don't know. You I know, sound like me. Doing man. your own thing, right? Yeah. I, I feel like that's what I would say too. Is I'm do, I don't sound like anybody else because I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. Because 
that's just the kind of person that I am, that I have to be independent and unique. Right. I think that I think that right now you really can't find a sound like the songs that I have in Erie at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like I think that that's a cool uh, that's a cool way to start bringing the full band aspect of it because you know I mean you've got the folky people, you've got people like Tyler Smilo who's doing that bluegrass stuff. You've got, you know, all the jazz players and like a couple rock and rollers out there. Yeah, 100%. You've got all these co- really great cover bands out there mm-hmm. that are playing these like big shows at like Oliver's Beer Garden, Big Bar and stuff like that. But sure. I want to come out with this band and kind of hit uh the you know the original music at its heart in the local scene you know what i mean because mm-hmm. like a lot of my music has been influenced by some of these gr- big big hitters like you know steve trahosky and like eric brewer and like you know a lot of the a lot of the stuff the the shows that i used to go with the rook downstairs watching brewers just absolutely shred mm, right that, like pushed me forward in my progression as a guitarist right you know what i mean so to kind of bring the accumulation of all this in as a band is is going to be exciting that's one thing i i kind of t- talked a little bit with uh Tyler when he was living here was that like when he goes to a concert versus me going to a concert it's like an entirely different thing because yep. he's like studying yep. you know what I uh-huh. mean and learning taking into- notes exactly and I'm just out there like yeah this is fucking awesome yeah right <clears throat> it's a completely different experience like I'll go I'll go to a concert and be center stage and just like or front and front and center and just like staring at the guitarist <laughs> like at his fingers and like everybody else around me is dancing and shit like that and like it's 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 been yeah. kind of interesting. Hell yeah. So you've been doing this for a long time. When did you start, like, making music? Um, well, um, when I was, like, when I was, like, so this is funny. When I was, like, like six or seven years old, I was in church choir, and I wasn't allowed to sing. I was, I had to always sing falsetto because I was the only boy in the church choir. Uh-huh. So I had to sound like this, like all the other girls. And the sister Mary, I can't remember her name, but would scold me for singing in my real voice. Oh, no. And, like, that's kind of <laughs> – and then I continued on, um, uh, like, performing in plays and stuff like that. Sure. Um, in grade school and in high school, I picked up my first guitar when I was like, I think 13 years old. My uncle gave me like a Beater Alvarez and I sat and I learned Nirvana, never mind. There you go. Like the, from start to fin- finish, st- sitting with a, a tape player in my parents, uh, parents' office area, like pressing play and listening and pressing pause and trying to play that yeah over and over and so over this was again. before like the big tab era and you could find everything yeah. on the so internet. this was back in 2003 so i didn't know what the internet could was i mean exactly. the internet wasn't even like it was still in its infancy yeah sure. it, well it, it, in exposure to a 13 year old yeah, yeah. right 100 yeah. percent um so then <clears throat> i went on to play music in church Mm-hmm. Um, I played in the started and played in the church band. Um, I wrote my first song that was ever performed in the church band. You know, I, I, I was raised Roman Catholic, uh-huh. um, so it was kind of themed like that. It was a really cool song. Uh, I that that band at Blessed Sacrament Church. It's called the Teen Mass. Mm-hmm. And it's on seven thirties um, on Sundays. Yeah, the band is still around. That's and cool. It's it's it's, um, it's led by one of the girls that was younger than me in the band that I kind of directed when I was when I was their director of the band, mm-hmm. which is really cool to see. Yeah, it's awesome um, to see things. So I'd on. say 
you know, 13 to 15 or 16 years old is kind of right when. And did you ever, did you have like any lessons or anything or were you mostly self-taught? So I took piano lessons for six months and I quit. Yeah. And then I took guitar lessons for six months and I was like, I can learn this on my own. Uh huh. So I did that. I just like, I'd learn by ear. I'd learn like, like Nirvana stuff or like some Jimi Hendrix or like, I don't know. Um, I learned a lot of, lot, like, like kind of, like, beat music, like Jason Mraz and, like, uh, Jack Johnson and, like, earlier John Mayer stuff. And that's kind of where my, uh, you know, where my influences went into, so I guess I wrote my first, like, actual song when I was 16 years old. And that's kind of, like, I guess that's where it went. Yeah. And, I mean... It's only, <laughs> I remember being that guy at the party with the guitar. Yeah. You know what I mean? For a long time, probably. For a, <laughs> yeah. For a long enough, for long enough that it turned into, like, as years progressed, me being that guy that was coming to the party, and they'd be like, is Matt bringing his guitar? Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, nice. You know what I mean? No, and that, sure. it was, it was a lot of, it was really cool to, like, you know, the friends that I had that kind of supported me along the way. Yeah. Right. And, uh. Are you still are you still friends with any of those people that you used to perform with or hang out with or play guitar with for? Yeah, so um, I've got a so the first band that I was ever in like actual original band was with uh, Luis Pontillo. I'm not sure if you know who he is or not. Uh, the last name sounds familiar, but I'm not He's sure. He's an eerie guy, and I think he lived in lived in uh, he lived in Canada for a while. He's a really good musician. I think he does beats and stuff now. He's a producer. Uh, and Evan Morgan, who's a friend of mine that ended up playing bass for me later on, we were at Gannon University, mm-hmm. and we started a band, a three-piece guitar band, that played, like, these long medleys and, like, super, like, intricate, like, very, very kind of, like, fishy Grateful Dead, but just all on three guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still in contact with them, and I, and some of the people that, I, you know, I used to play with at Blessed Sacrament. I did theater for a while, and I studied theater at Gannon. Cool. So, like, I'm, I'm obviously friends with with a lot of the people that I graduated with, some of the people even work at Gannon, at Gannon now. So that's kind mm-hmm. of a, that's kind of a cool thing. It's al- it's always interesting to me when you th- when I think of musicians and them being the the theater kids or like the <laughs> band kids back in the day in high right. school because that's never like the image that I think of when I think of like a like a big musician that I admire. Mm-hmm. I never like imagine them like playing music at a high school thing or in right. a church band or anything like that. But a lot of people come from that background, especially the people that are actually good and making like quality music. Absolutely. Well, the, the interesting thing is like, I've been on stage since I was, since I can remember, you know what I mean? It's never something that has like scared. I don't get like stage fright or anything like sure. that. You know what I mean? It's a way to express myself mm-hmm. and a lot of, a lot of people don't, a lot of people see it like that and use it as an outlet, but don't necessarily take, take it by the balls like I do. I don't know. I mean, I just, I love being able to communicate in that way. You know what I mean? Whether it's being on stage as, as an actor or being in front of, front of a microphone singing my music to people. You sure. You know what I mean? Um, but like definitely the, the performance art, uh, perform- performing arts uh, background. And then I was, a, you know, I, I worked as a director at a drama shop here in Erie and I was in some of those plays as an adult. Um, and yeah, it just, it just kind of like followed me 
you know, through my life, even into my pro professional career, which is honestly really cool because a lot of people that, that you know, do high school plays don't end up go on, going on to teach right. theater, direct theater, you know what I mean? Like, so it's a cool, cool opportunities that I've gotten. Absolutely. And that experience goes such a long way with anything, you know, and sticking to it and staying consistent. Yeah, it's absolutely. One of, one of the things we talked about with Brian a little bit about this podcast is just keep getting better and keep, uh, you know, producing stuff and making things and yeah. Well, the big, the the beautiful thing about art in general is that you have to learn through making mistakes and trying again. And just the amount of hours that you put into it in practice goes so so long. You know what I mean? So I can't, dude, I can't wait to see where this is in like a year or two yeah. years. Yeah, well, we can't wait for that either. Um, do you think that? You're uh, overly critical to yourself on yourself sometimes. <sighs> I looking guess. back, I mean, you mean on specifically my music? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, in a lot of ways, I like my songs a lot better than uh, stuff that I hear on the radio. You know what I mean? Well, the stuff on the radio is fucking shit. Well, uh, you know, some it of it's all right. So it depends. Yeah. It depends. You know what I mean? Fucking Adele, let's go. Right. Like, that shit's fucking. Yeah, amazing. Florence and the Machine has some pretty cool shit that's on the radio too. There's a couple people out there that are making cool music <laughs> that come up on the radio, but. My I my like inner high school angsty snob is right. like fuck that radio yeah, shit. Yeah, fuck top forty yeah. commercial shit, right? Yeah. Like the whole thing, the whole idea behind recording with Brian is that he wants to he wants to have a, as as commercial of a sound as you can, so that if a radio station picks this song up, this song could be. Would you guys he think that you could hear the song that I sent you? The Wonder Years is being released on the radio. Oh, absolutely. Uh, definitely. Absolutely. I actually thought that um, when I listened to it the first time, I'm like, this sounds like a good song that I would actually hear on the radio. But I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to, if, if that wasn't your thing or if that right. wasn't your goal to be on the radio or if you were a snob like me and said, fuck the radio and all that shit, I didn't want to offend you. But since well, you're, you're about it. Technically, it's not my goal. Yeah. But to have this product that is the quality. Exactly is great it's and very high grade if i want to reach the most amount of people with my music because i think that the message in the song is pretty touching i wrote the song at the time <clears throat> when i i graduated from gannon university and i moved to moved to st petersburg florida with nothing but all the shit packed in my car and 500 bucks in my pocket Woo! and i was like i'm gonna try to play music right you know what i mean st and petersburg like, florida yes okay so i i and i lived there for about a year uh what happened when i was down there was my dad was diagnosed with a terminal illness and mm. he was given at that time six months to live so i came back for a benefit that my family hosted um, where we raised money for, for my family and for medical costs and sure. stuff like that. My dad ended up lasting six years after he was given six months to live. So, like, it was, it was a tough run and all that. But the song was written, um, you know, the, the lyrics are, we all cry just a little bit when we learn something new that we never thought would ever be that way. But before the night is done, we laugh and have some fun in the wonder years. Those are the lyrics of the 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 chorus mm -hmm. and I kind of wrote that with the the idea in mind that like I remember being down in Florida getting that news and being all alone mm -hmm. you know and just sitting for hours and thinking about all of the things that my parents tried to teach me 
to get up to this point where I move off on my own. You know what I mean? That's the whole idea in raising a child is to like, eventually you gotta let them go, right? And make their own mistakes and make their own decisions. But then when something like this, something heavy, so, you know, comes in somebody's life, you know, family is so important that, you know, I ended up moving back, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of where the song came. And I think that that's, that what happened to me is relatable to people. And the reason that I, I wrote it and want it to sound as quality as I possibly can is to reach the most amount of people that in the hopes that this song can, somebody hears this song that's been through something like that, mm-hmm. that can relate with the, the music and take that on in their lives being like, okay, somebody else has been through this too. I'm not alone. Yeah. I think that's the most, uh, I mean, any, any kind of art, but especially <coughs> music, you know, to me, the, the most, uh, interesting songs, the most, uh, transferable songs are the ones that are able to just like simply, you know, hit points that, uh, yeah, that was a little off, uh, simply hit points that can just radiate to the most amount of people as right. possible, you know, keeping it simple, like having the meaning to yourself, but then keeping it simple enough or, or broad enough that it, right. can, it can touch as many people. I don't go into the fact that my dad was diagnosed in this song. I mm-hmm. don't go into the fact that we eventually lost him in this song. I do have songs in the Wonder Years album that go on to, to touch on that because people have experienced loss too, mm-hmm. know, specifically. So those, those songs are going to be the ones that you know hit you know, maybe a little bit differently than this one does. But you're right. In art, as an, as a, an expression of yourself, as an expression of your <clears throat> subconscious and the way that you, you know, interact with the world and connect with other people, I think that music is one of the most universal languages. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why I kind of wanted to structure the song like it is. I like it. And there's, I always appreciate open-ended or like ambiguous music, song, art, whatever. That way it can be interpreted in a lot of different ways by a lot of different people. Because right. your song obviously has a very clear and very distinct message to you, mm. but a lot of other people are going to be able to relate to that because it is ambiguous and because it is open-ended. Yeah. And uh, that's amazing. You know, that's that's a credit to your artistry, I think. Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's interesting sitting and talking critically with somebody else about this song because it's only been mine for so long. Mm. Now it's every. It's, so it's yours. It's too. about to be everybody's. It's about yeah. to be everybody's. It's like I, this is the first time I've ever released something that I've written that I'm like proud of that I'm putting on streaming platforms that literally anybody in the world can go and and say, hey, hey Alexa, play Matthew Craze, and you'll hear. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> It'll come up, dude. Nuts. It's I, wild. It's I, nuts. I love the uh, the concept of the uh, this particular song too, because uh, I'm a strong uh, strong proponent of the idea that nostalgia is the strongest drug. You know, like the, yes. just just anything that can take you back to a point where you know, even even if there's like that veil of things not being as right. as good as maybe you thought they were just taking you back into the moments of your past is just like the most comforting thing that a lot of people I know like like for me it's something that I definitely do yeah you know and uh so so I I appreciate that aspect of of the uh 
the lyricism yeah. that goes along with it as Thank well. Thank you very much. Yeah, I you're appreciate welcome. that. That yeah. wasn't even like eventually, like initially, that wasn't even the the main focus of the song. Mm -hmm. The main focus was the whole idea that Mama was the one who said, "Before you lay your head to rest, you can be, a, you should be a good man, good men, good women. You should have a good plan, a good plan to get through it." Because like at that time, I was only thinking about what my mom would have to have to say mm -hmm. about me being out there partying up while she was at home and struggling with struggling with dealing with her husband having been diagnosed you know what I mean what sure. would her mama have said if yet you know that's originally seven years ago that's what I was thinking but it's interesting that that's where that's where the lyrics took me over the years mm -hmm. because <clears throat> In my life, I mean, yes, nostalgia is, is definitely a comfort drug for a lot of people. In my life, I've kind of tried to use it as a tool or a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, I think that, you know, it's, like you said, it's relatable to a, the way a lot of people, you know, kind of kind of struggle, deal with struggles in their life, deal with trauma or deal with, like, immediate concerns. It's like saying, well, man. I remember, like, oh, man, this shitty thing happened. Or I had a bad day today. Oh, but but remember that one time? And you sit and you Things weren't so it. shitty. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like, a, sorry. Um, it's no, kinda, go ahead. It's kind of like, um, you know, the song sounds nothing like Skinner, but, but those, you know, those lyrics, you know, kind of, like, kind of, kind of made me feel like simple man, you know, like the mama told me when mm -hmm. I was young, just, yeah, just like. Right. That's cool. interesting. I never even thought about that. That's such a huge motivation, I feel like, in so many people's lives is, like, making their parents proud. <laughs> yeah. And, and so many people miss out on that, too. They're, like, looking to figure out some way. I joke all the time about, like, me never being able to make my parents happy. Yeah. I know it, that, in fact, they're very happy about <laughs> yeah. me. But right. I, it, it for a long time, I was like, fuck, I'm, n I'm never going to amount to anything. My parents were right or whatever about all these wrong decisions I was making. And someday, you know. We want to make them proud. It's a teenage angst. Right. That well, that, but that, that extends for a lot of people into their 20s. Like, Mom, you're dumb. Everything yeah. that you think is dumb. Right. And, like, <clears throat> for me, it's like I, was, I had that rebellious aspect to me, even just by moving away and then continuing on a path to, like, drug abuse, like real hardcore drug abuse, mm. where I, I just wasn't taking care of myself. I didn't think about the, you know, I didn't have any concern for other people, other people or what consequences that would relay into their lives. And like, really, I was kind of a shitbag to a lot of people, including my family. And like, I'm telling you what, like my mom's a fucking rock star. Like she is like, she is stuck by me through thick and thin. You know, when I went through my trials and tribulations, she was there by my side. She put distance, you know, she put distance between us when mm -hmm. she needed to, when she needed to protect herself. And I completely understand that. But like, I had such a terrible relationship with them for a while because of just the way that I was treating my life yeah. and treating the people around me. And like, I took that, I took their care and concern for granted. And I, I hope that <clears throat> I have at this point made up for a little bit of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I'm living a good life now and I'm taking care of my responsibilities and, you know, I'm, I'm trying at my best to like, be as transparent as I can about my recovery too, because I think that that's a really cool platform to like, if another recovering addict hears that I'm doing well, you know, early on in my recovery, they can see that there's hope. And mm -hmm. that's the way that I'm making amends to my mom and my family. That's a great way to do it. Oh, those absolutely. living amends. Yeah. 
Like, those are, the, those are the, the, not the most important ones, but they're the, the ones that we use most daily are those living amends. Yeah. Give us a little motivation to keep, stop being dick bags and live our life in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing how much that relationship between my parents changed once I stopped uh, getting high and fucking my life up. Yeah. You same. know what I mean? Because they were assholes. I hated them, blah, 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 right. all these things. I knew best. Yeah, I was yeah. the smartest person yeah. in the conversation at all times back then you know right like i get i get where that's yeah and then, and then uh once we get clean you start to realize like hey maybe i maybe mom and dad ain't quite as bad as i always thought they were <laughs> all through my teenage years and early 20s and whatnot and uh you can develop into a, a healthy happy family relationship right and i think the coolest thing at least for me has been um you know, expecting, you know, and making amends, having, you know, going to someone, you know, you know, I was horrible, this and that, and, you know, waiting to hear that like, you have to do this, 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 and this. Almost every time I've ever had an amends situation with a person, mm -hmm. they're just like, we just want you to keep doing what's best for right. yourself. We just want you to keep living your life in a way that you're like happy, you know, at peace or whatever. And it's just such a relief just to know that, you know, people just want to see you do good for yourself. Yeah, I, I, and I'm kind of starting, I mean, I'm not there in the steps in NA right now, but <clears throat> because I am kind of like, I'm, I'm vocal and transparent about everything, and I'm kind of like in the music scene right now and getting a little bit of attention, I'm interacting with people that are from my past, that were there to watch me go through what I went through. And uh, perhaps I have affected them negatively. So it's interesting to have those kinds of interactions, you know, where it's like I've actually said that I've had that, that specific interaction with multiple people, like, you know, dude, or or a girl, like, I know I was such a dick back then. I'm so sorry if I affected you negatively, even if by proxy. And everyone, every single person was like, dude, but you're killing it now. And, like, you're doing better, and that's all we want to see for, from you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I totally get that. It's hard for me to, like, be having all of this attention, kind of because I have all this guilt going on, and I have this feeling of, like, maybe I don't deserve this, you know? But, like, I'm just kind of letting it wash all wash over me, you know? Because it's, like, <clears throat> I spent a long time struggling and hurting myself, so, like, now I kind of just have to, like, let the love come as it comes, mm. you know? And, like, I, I'm getting better at it. I'm not going to be the best at it, but I'm really I'm so grateful, you know? That's a huge... Gratitude is a huge thing in, 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 in recovery. And, like, that's kind of all I feel every day with, with everything that's been going on with my music and, like, the friends that have been so supportive that I knew that I was a dirtbag to back then, you know? So it's like, I don't know. It's cool. It's a very oh, refreshing yeah. change. Yeah, it definitely is. So you've played on quite a few stages before. Yeah. And uh, what do you think is like, where, do you, where, where, is there any point in the past where you would go back to so. th and make some like maybe different decisions or you could have seen your life heading in a different direction had you made some different decisions? You mean like on stage playing? I mean or like... like in your career. In my career. As a musician. <clears throat> hmm, that's an interesting question. Well, I think that I was I was very ignorant early on when I first started playing music. Like really were like really professionally as a solo artist. Mm -hmm. 
I was very ignorant of everything. I had a couple people that were helping me, some books, some shows. I've played a, you know, a lot in a very short amount of time. It was just starting off after I came back from Florida. And <clears throat> I think that, well, I guess what I would do differently about that point was I didn't spend as much time as I have now um, perfecting my craft. Mm -hmm. So I would just go pl and play three hours of covers for a while. You know what I mean? I wouldn't play a lot of my original music. I wouldn't play a lot of, of intricate stuff on guitar. I'd just play the chords and play. And, like, I like my voice. Other people like my voice. That would carry the three hours. And, like, that would be okay. I'd get paid. I'd go home. Mm -hmm. So, like, what I do now differently, and I'm glad that I learned to do this, is really use every part of me as a musician dynamically throughout the show to encapsulate and a message or an image at one point or to really capture the attention of the audience in a way that I know that I'm good at and I've really honed that mm -hmm. but it took me seven or eight years to figure that out right you know I wish I would have I would have spent like a good like year just sitting down with the guitar and learning what I know now back then you know what I mean mm -hmm. I think that that's that's the one thing that I would do differently but honestly I'm really happy with where I'm at. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, how much, uh, how much different, different <clears throat> of a beast is it playing covers as compared to playing your own original content? So here's where I'm at, and a lot of people have different opinions about this. Um, I now only perform covers that have inspired my music have inspired me as a songwriter, as, as other songwriters, has inspired me as a vocalist. The songs that I sing are songs that I learned to sing on. Mm -hmm. The songs that I play guitar on are songs that I learned how to do cool shit. And those covers that I do don't sound like the original song. It's my version of it. You know what I mean? It's a rendition rather than a cover. And, like, for instance, I play Bill Withers' Ain't No Sunshine. Mm -hmm. Shit doesn't sound like Bill Withers. <laughs> I mean, like, I, like Bill I, Withers. I, use, I use a looper. I use the electric guitar. I play around with the pedals. I make it, like, a nine-minute long song. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that I do cover-wise. There are some songs that I just... Play a play a chord progression that I came that I came up with based on the regular the main chord progression and sing the song in my style. There are songs where I just lead like that, just just a song with me and the guitar. But it's more more now me using my technical skill as a guitarist and using the pedals and all my gear and stuff like that to really bring the music as a bigger sound. The other night, my brother was like, <clears throat> my I have a younger brother. He lives in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. He's a mechanical engineer. He's lived away from home for a while now. And we were talking on the phone the other night. We try to talk as much as we can. He's another person that I completely dicked over when I was, I was in active addiction mm -hmm. and has forgiven me for a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? So it's really nice to be able to have this kind of relationship with him. But we were talking the other night. He said, Matt, like, I love that you're getting all this attention. Like, I love that this is happening. You played Celebrate Area and you're on the news and like yeah. all this crazy shit. But like, what's different about your music, man? 
And I'm like, but dude, you haven't even seen me play for a long yeah. time. So he remembers this guy that would just get up and play for three hours. Or, I mean, he was there at my college apartment where I'd have a guitar in the corner and I'd just pick it up and pick bitches up. You know what I mean? Like, sure. excuse the language and excuse, <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> but that was where my. That's where your head was at. That's where it was at the time. I don't, yeah. don't feel that I way. I don't yeah. feel that way now. Right. Let me, let me 100%. I respect women. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy mistake. I'm gonna to make. get canceled now, guys. Um, but no, but like that's he was there for that. So like, and he saw me. I mean, I don't think my brother likes my music. I don't know even how he feels about this. I sent it to him, and he, he was like, "Oh, that's nice." But like, I don't even know because <laughs> it's me. It's, right, I mean, right. He's my younger. We were we're only a year and a half apart. So mm-hmm. like, we were best of friends growing up. We lived in college together. We were in the same fraternity. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> very close for a long time. So it's just Matt singing to him. Yeah. You know, so. Matt's but, always sung. <laughs> but it, he's like, but like, what's different about your music? And I'm like, well, I mean, it sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it sounds better to people because I put more effort and finesse into it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's I the like key it. there, that effort, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that this, this song definitely took a lot of time to record and get sounding just right. So all the all the parts sound great, you know. Thank you. And it uh, sounds very professional. Another shout out to Lily Gamble, Lillian on Spotify. You can go find her single Melted uh, with Brian Glosky also produced her song. Um, she is the female voice that you hear okay. on, the, okay. on the album. Her name's Lily Gamble. She's she's a young up and coming artist. She's really really popular on Instagram and stuff yeah. like that. It's I really, hope you're listening, Lily, and want Lily. to come on the show. Hi, yeah. we'll have you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Her mom is a photographer here in Erie, Sarah K. Gamble. Oh. She there. They're cool people. Good. I, it was a, it was an all all around pleasurable experience. It's so crazy to to meet somebody with like near perfect pitch as like a as like somebody who re- tries really hard to sound good when I sing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just effortless for her. Yeah. Like Lily, if you're listening, dude, come on, <laughs> making me look bad here. <laughs> <laughs> but it all sounds. Re- I really love what she laid down. Um, me and Brian took about two and a half months to put everything together, brought Hibbler in for tracking one day, and Brian and I spent, I did the <coughs> uh, main vocals, backup vocals, uh, electric guitar, acoustic guitar, and um, bass. And then Hibbler was the drum tracking, Lily was backup vocals, and then Brian played a note on bass for me. Nice. And you'll hear it at the end. Shout out to Brian at the end of the song, you'll hear a boom. <laughs> That's just to close it out. That's Brian. That's a, <laughs> I'm sure he sounds amazing. It's like the best note of the whole song. <laughs> Hell yeah. His signature. Hell yeah. He's helped out a lot of uh, local artists and musicians Absolutely. around here with making like top quality recordings for real. Seriously, being in his, like it's so cool being in his 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 trailer that puts out this amazing studio quality professional quality I mean dude he I can't imagine how much money he's spent on all that gear I've seen pictures of it and I can only imagine me and Ben so Ben Waite is also part of the um the the mixing process he's going to mix um the acoustic version of this song that I'm going to release later in the year mm-hmm. um Ben and I had we had like a you know a Facebook messenger feed going on talking about this and then he messaged with Brian and then he messaged me alone he's like dude i want to show you something and he sent me the links to 
just two of the pieces of equipment that Brian has on like the site that you can go buy it and it's like uh, more than I make in like three months, three or four months. <laughs> it's like and that's just like one component that he has three of on his it's yeah. just like Brian dude keep doing what you're doing man farming must be going really well <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah and one of the really cool things about I, I think like recording and stuff today is the the barrier to entry is lower than it's ever been before like you can still make really high quality stuff with a laptop with a laptop mm -hmm. you know what i mean if you're if you're good enough at it and you spend enough time and, and have enough skill you can make some pretty incredible things with you know a couple hundred dollar mics and a and a mixer and right good software well look at tyler smilo's uh the future looks mighty old timing right that whole album was recorded on his i can't remember what it's i something his little red box yeah. thing <clears throat> he has got a really nice microphone but the quality of the songwriting and just what he was doing was so good that it captured it at that moment that he could use so much of what he did completely improvisational and had to do probably very little mixing yeah you know what i mean and and that kind of lends itself to his sound as well i think if you have at the source a good quality sound you know what i mean with your dynamic with the guitar or the way that you use your vocals properly excuse me um you don't have to do much mm -hmm. you know in a lot of the 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 uh, acoustic stuff that i'm i'm going to lay down for this for the for the album it's just going to be me and guitar, man, and I'm going to try to put the best quality stuff into the microphone mm -hmm. that I can so that we don't have to go back through it and, you know, use Melodyne or change effects or, like, really have to add a lot more dynamics. Brian is absolutely wonderful at what he does, but, like, what he tracks is the important stuff. He was working with – he's working – he works with Autotrocity, mm -hmm. um, you know, the the – punk hardcore band they're awesome their their music is so cool i've only heard it i'm gonna hear it live at arts and drafts that's this, this week. weekend right yeah, yeah i'm i'm playing on friday with dumpster garden Ooh, Ooh nice. um seven o'clock uh it's it's uh jen murphy and reina the um the drummer from out atrocity and then i'll stay for the out atrocity show but i'm playing uh lead and rhythm electric guitar sweet uh, to their music which is it's gonna be really cool oh yeah um but <clears throat> so he showed me some of the raw stuff that he recorded because when autotrocity goes in they play as a full band and he records it mm -hmm. you know that's old school style yeah, and like and like he's 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 gonna start like thinking of different ways and different places that he can record the drums and like you know just going outside and being as loud as they can or like that kind of stuff like he's really being innovative with how he's doing it but he showed me one of their songs um, that he recorded um, just the raw data with a little bit of mixing without any effects or without any lots of compression or without anything and it sounded like a fucking badass song right so if you have a good product initially at the source mm -hmm. like the engineers don't have to do as much work right and I think that that's that's the way that Brian thinks about recording in a lot of ways is that we want to get it right when it goes into the microphone mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i love working with brian brian hey <laughs> yeah we had, you, we had a really good time podcasting with him <clears throat> yeah. i'd never met him in person we've interacted a couple times on the internet yeah. or facebook or whatever and i know that he gave us a lot of feedback when me and tyler were doing sync swimmer fly and uh it was really awesome to have him here we had his, such a good time recording yeah with him. he was yeah. super fucking cool yeah for, for sure. sure yeah hey brian 
<laughs> yeah, I hope you're out there listening, dude. <laughs> Huge shout out to you. Thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah. Um, but I totally agree with that. It's so much harder to – you're only going to polish a turd so shiny. You're right. Mm-hmm. But if you start with good raw material like a ruby or a diamond or right. gold or whatever, it's going to shine so much brighter than that turd ever will. Like there's so much about commercial music right now that you can tell is so overproduced and like – you know, auto-tune and melodyne is used as a fucking, as a dynamic of the song. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, I just don't get that. I don't get it. I don't get that <clears throat> version of, of the, the in the production person's mind, you know what I mean, using that as a dynamic of the, the actual songwriting. It just doesn't, I don't know. There's it a takes niche. away from the human. There's a niche for it, though. Yeah. People yeah. like that. People do. A lot, of, lot, lot of dollar signs behind it, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, it's, at, the, at the very core, this is an industry. Yeah. And it's really interesting thinking about it in that way. You know, <clears throat> in, in my experience in music so far professionally, I have honestly not seen even the beginner level of the industry aspect of it. And now that I'm getting into producing my own music and I'm hoping hoping to get some attention because of my music, I'm trying to make steps right now to move forward as an industry professional as well. Right. And I'm doing some research and learning and I really want to take like a crash course and find, you know, Someone cool. to teach you about contracts and yeah, and like yeah. and like actual like management and like what a tour looks like and like you know all of that. I really want to sink my teeth into that because I really would h- hope that that's where my music career is headed. Right. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that 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 learning <clears throat> process is so. Everybody that we've had on to so far on this show has gone <laughs> through those same struggles as their. Music, career, business, whatever, what have you, has continued to grow and continue to prosper. New uh, challenges and obstacles have arisen for them. And uh, being able to overcome those and spending your time and putting in that effort and that extra little bit to know a little bit more than you did before Mm -hmm. has always, uh, at least for our guests, has led them to, like, positive results, I think. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, on top of that, you know, know, with other guests we've talked to, you don't really – think when you're chasing your dreams about the hours that you spend like sitting down reading all the legalese you know and like the the paperwork and learning about having to you know where the money goes how to how to how to you know break that down and send it off and those kind of things but it's absolutely like you said it's an industry it's just a it's just a necessary uh ways and means dog necessary evil I mean, maybe not evil, but it's a necessary thing that that just has to happen if you want to keep growing with it, you know? Well, and, like, that's the big part of this whole experience for me is that I'm constantly growing Mm -hmm. as my music is progressing. And if I want to produce and perform the best music that I possibly can, I'm going to need to take these steps. And it's just a logical thing for me, you know, where I'm sure that a lot of people get hung up on stuff like this. Mm-hmm. You know, this might be where some people just end, uh, not end, but, like, stay. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll, like, if I wanted to, I could be comfortable playing corners and bars. and For you know, three hours doing for three, cover songs. Yeah. But, like, if I want to down in Florida, I could do that for a living. I did that full time. Uh-huh. I played four or five nights a week at, a, at different bars or resorts or venues for enough money that I was sustaining myself mm-hmm. living in a place 
I, you know, I had my own place, I had my bills, and like I paid everything on time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like I did, I did it. I could do that for the rest of my life if I wanted to, but I fucking don't. Yeah. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> don't want to play cover songs. Play Jimmy Buffett to, for like. Oh my know, god! I don't know. Like, Cheeseburger in Paradise, pretty good <laughs> song, man. Well, I think the one thing, the one thing that didn't work down there was that I kind of I started to do the stuff that I do now with the covers. Like, when I was living down there back in 2020 as, like, the first time that I tried to start doing that and increasing the sound and quality of my music, and I got feedback, like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Don't do that. Play that. Do the, Play the, do the, the stuff shit that, that sounds think. good. Yeah. yeah. I was know, to, and that people can, like, hum along to and shit. Yeah. And, like, I get that. I get it. There's a market for it. If you want to do Hey, if you're listening... You want to do that for the rest of your life? There's nothing wrong with There's that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. 100%. You can be happy making other people happy with your talent professionally in that aspect. Right. More power to you. Mad respect. That's not where I'm, I'm going. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just not. I, I tried it. I didn't like it. Do you think that's where musicians go to die when they get old? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, the like, ones that don't make it that, big anyway. That's where that's where musicians that get families and real lives go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and like choose a career path over, uh, you know, a dream, chasing a dream. Because like that's at the end of the day, that's what this whole thing is, man. I'm thinking about it like all the time. I'm, like, I'm having podcast dreams lately, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a couple, too. <laughs> so I can couple. only imagine. You're sitting listening to Rogan like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the people that I like to listen to out there, Tim Dillon, Jimmy Dore, like, oh, fuck. How, how can I be more like him? Right. And at the same time, it's like I don't want to be an imitation of those people. I want to do my own, own thing. thing. But mm-hmm. you can still – it's just like you did with your music. You know what I mean? When you see a band, it's it's that study and that mm-hmm. practice and the Absolutely. honing of your craft and seeing what works for other people and what doesn't work for people. Yeah. yeah this is a this is a cool idea, guys. I'm, re- I'm really happy that you guys are doing this. I think that, that, that Erie needs something like this. I think so too, dude. Yeah. There's a hu- I feel like we have a huge void in Erie for uh, – like a local eerie podcast where we can have musicians and business owners and people in the community. Mm -hmm. And I also see that as like a strong benefit for eerie to like have people be in the know or be aware of the different things that they may not know existed otherwise without listening to the show. Right, because a lot of people consume their content a lot differently. Some people use YouTube or staring at Instagram all day, or some people just read the news every day. A lot of people nowadays love listening to podcasts. They do. Tyler Smilo only listens to podcasts during work. I'm like, you're a musician. Listen to music. Yeah. He's like, I don't like listening to music. I don't want to listen to podcasts. And that's how he gets information and hears about current events and stuff like that. And it's like, this that's that's something that I'm glad that is going to be available to people. Hi, people. Man. Yeah. And they're out there, too. We oh, have yeah. people listening. Yeah. We, we even have a biggest fan. Yeah, absolutely. We have a couple biggest fans. We have fan. a couple biggest fans. What's up, guys? Hey. Biggest fans. Yeah. They're listening. We're going to get you guys on the show one of these days, too. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. We want to get some more crowd interaction. Like, I feel like... Performing on stage and performing live, you, you like have to interact with your crowd and stuff like that. And we've yeah. been trying to think of ways that we can incorporate them and get them involved in the show. Um, I was kind of plugging this Discord for a while that we have, which is probably the best way to find anything about uh, anything out about this show if people have Discord and want to log on to it. What's Discord? Discord's like a uh, a chat room. 
Okay. That people use. Well, it's like really popular in the gamer community. Okay. So you. So it's like Twitch. Is Twitch a thing? Twitch is so definitely Twitch. a thing. We're gonna get on that too once we get this camera. Is that less out. live streaming your stuff? That's live. live that streaming. would be live okay. streaming live your streaming. stuff. Yeah. So Discord's more like a message board where we can interact with the fan, interact with the people who are listening, and uh, post different things that are going on. Like we could post your event and other events and events that guests have can post on there and like say hey if you liked our show come check us out we're at this fucking whatever next week you right. know and uh i would really like just i really think that could be a super awesome tool for Dude, us you guys can do like live podcasts places yeah yeah, like, we, like, we, we thought about that too. This mixer actually is battery powered, and I can put a scan disc in it, Let's and it'll go. record everything that we do out in uh, out in public or out in wherever we decide to go fucking adventuring. You could even just like sit at a park and do live commentary. We could, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, that's a great. Me and my buddy uh, like to take our dogs to the Your dog pe- park. People watching episode. We like to take our dogs to the dog park, and we've been talking about it like in. Uh, um, like fantasy world of like just recording our conversations we have at the dog parks and now we can actually make like super high quality yeah, right. shit down at the dog park if we decided to Alex if you're listening but uh, <laughs> it's cool dude and once you start getting into the like any endeavor music podcasting whatever uh, watching it grow is something that's so cool and it happens so organically you know mm-hmm. like we started out down here with like a bunch of borrowed fucking mics from Tyler which thank you Tyler I appreciate you hi Tyler. Tyler Tyler you're getting a lot of shout outs this show Tyler a um, bunch of borrowed mics trying to set stuff up and figure things out and then I had my own mics, and then I had to get more mics, and then I had to get mic covers and cords and mixers right. and switch my interfaces and do all this other stuff. And uh, it's just been a really fun way to spend my time and spend my money that's not fucking – I mean, we're playing on a poker table, so yeah, if that gives so you any hard. idea of what I like to do with my extra money sometimes, <laughs> this has been much more productive endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can dig that, man. Well, yeah, I really. I'm. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. It's been super fun. Yeah. Heck yeah. It, and uh, we want to. I'm gonna be at your show on Saturday. I got a wedding first, and then we'll be there. I want to come check it out. Let's go. You. Um, I want to see Optimistic Apocalypse too. I've seen her a couple times. She's on before you, right? Nope. Oh shit. Nope. No, she's. Uh, she played last weekend. No. Oh, okay. Maybe it was old ad I saw. I'm not sure. She's playing. Uh, when's the next time Mag is playing? I think she's playing at um. Uh, party at Paca next week. Oh, yeah, that might have been it, too. That might have been something that you've seen. Paca's super cool venue. Yeah, I'm playing with Dumpster Garden next Thursday there. But, hey, if you're listening and you want to come out to the King's Rook at 10 o'clock, um, uh, 10 p.m. on Saturday, um, I am, I'm doing double gigs, gigs that oh, night. The- so I'm going to be coming from Twisted Elk Brewing Company mm-hmm. and plugging in and playing at the Rook. Um, so it's five hours worth of playing music on Friday, on Saturday. How do you feel about that? Awesome. How's your music endurance level? (laughs) Are you ready to run marathons? I could do, I could do it for 10 hours. 10 hours? I really, (laughs) I, 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 I would, I would challenge somebody else to like, let's do a five hour set. And see who lasts longer. Yeah, without <laughs> breaks. Oh man, you know no breaks. It's <laughs> like one of those I don't know. I mean, like I mean, I take breaks. <laughs> yeah. But like, but like, I'm just, I'm just saying, I can do it, and I'm excited to do it because like the Twisted Elk show will be kind of a warm up for the Rook show because I'm not gonna play the same set list. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have enough songs to be able to play five hours hmm? original. 
Uh, not original, no. I, I, I twist in the covers throughout the original. Sure. You know nice. what I mean? So it's yeah. not... I but you could do five hours of playing music. I could do five hours of playing music easy without without breaks if I wanted. That's a pretty big library to remember everything. It's, it's, it, it's music. Music is like, it comes naturally and easily to me to remember. Like, mm-hmm. I've always been good at remembering stuff. I was good in school. I can learn lines pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And, like, music connects me with me in a way that if I connect with the song, I mean, I don't even have to listen to it, like, more than four or five times before I know the, all the words to it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's interesting. It's like a very, very old school Grateful Dead, like, late 60s, play for six hours straight, <laughs> like, at the acid test or know, whatever. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the band, I don't know, when I get when I get the band together, Maybe we'll have a show where we try to like do a marathon. We just do a marathon, like maybe three hours, just nonstop. I don't know how they'll feel about it, but yeah. I'm totally oh, down for that. Would, <laughs> oh, that would be so That'd fucking be cool. awesome. That would Especially be so at dope. like Celebrate Erie or something like that. If they just wanted to stuck like stick you on a stage for and just from like, like one o'clock till six or whatever, and let you go I'll all out. To, I'll talk to Maria again, Jimmy, about it. Shout out Maria, you are a badass. You know Maria, the sound girl. Uh, she's not just a sound girl. She was like the production manager of Celebrate Erie. Oh, she was a talent buyer and like. She's she, like my cousin's uh, wife. Oh really? I'm pretty sure if it's the same Maria. Yeah, I think so. She's I, like she, kind of tall, well, dark hair, the, skinny. The sound girl. She works for Grise Audio. I don't know where I she think, works anymore. I, I barely ever see her. I don't him. know, Maria. It's where sad. do you work? <laughs> Other than the Erie Downtown Partnership, because she like helped organize and run the state main stage at Celebrate. She's just a badass. Yeah. She did all the A14 days. I'm gonna have to text my cousin now and be like, "Hey, we're talking about your wife. If it's she, the same she Maria, come on. I challenge you, Maria, to come on the show. Oh, I, yeah. I am shouting out and challenging you right now. Please come on everything at once. That'd be so cool. And bring Nick too. Because <laughs> I never get to see my cousin ever. He's kind of, he's a bummer. <laughs> we were both like only child, so like cousins were like the closest thing I had right. to brothers and sisters. You know, I come from a I come from a big Italian family, so like I have my my mom on my mom's side of the family. I had uh, she had four older three older brothers, so there were four of them in the H out families, and all my cousins have families, and now it's like just it's giant conglomerate of I can't wait for Christmas because Christmas we do the feast of the seven fishes in Italian oh yeah Roman Catholic Italian, I had an ex who did that uh, Christmas Her family for oh, yeah so but I think that I think that most of us are coming coming back into town we have just. Uh, I just have so many. But all my cousins, growing up, I didn't have an older brother, so my cousins were my older brothers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. My mom was my mom was one of nine, and my dad is one of four, and I'm an only child. So I think they both had like enough of the the huge family that <laughs> they didn't want to repeat those same <laughs> those same things. But we I've always been close with my cousin all throughout growing up. You know what I mean? Cousins. Well, well hey cousin, bring your wife. Yeah. Uh, everything at once. Everything at once. Everything at once. Hell yeah. We should all say it at once. Everything at once. Everything, everything, at, once. everything at once. Everything at once. <laughs> love you guys. This has been a super fun show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. This has been awesome. Yeah. Loved having you here. Check out our Facebook page and our new Instagram. And if anybody has Discord, like check out our Discord too because that Do can that. be a really good tool for us to interact with you guys and talk with you guys. And we, we want it. We want to. We want to. We want to talk to you. We want to get you involved. Talk to these people, fans. Hey, we love you guys. Have a good night. Bye. Peace. That was sweet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, that was fucking dope, man. Thank you.